Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisley Spaceport. What are you talking about? You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. Happy Holidays from the Wretched Hive Podcast for Saturday, December 26, 2020. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire Hive is with me today to celebrate the holidays with you. That's oh my right. Stars. I've never been so busy before. It seems Christmas arrives sooner each year. That's right. You can't have a Christmas show without a little bit of Christmas in the stars. That's right. Here we go. Christmas in the stars. Christmas in the stars. What a merry Christmas this will be. Christmas in the stars. Out among the stars. Lighting up a Christmas. Unbelievable that that was actually produced and done. But, But now we get to benefit, and so do you. Welcome to the Christmas show extravaganza for the Wretched Eye Podcast. And joining me today, as always, the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lance. Greg, welcome to the show. Mind your own beeswax. It is just amazing to be here. It is the day after Christmas as we record. Not Christmas Day. We took the day off, guys. Sorry. But we're here back with you on a Saturday, bright and early on a Saturday morning. Uh, and I am here. bright and early by some people's standards. Maybe not everybody's standards. Crack of dawn, guys. Crack of dawn. There we go. I'm not done celebrating. I am not done celebrating. Here, we need just some of these. But for Christmas with the Stars just shows that Anthony Daniels is a complete whore and will do anything. <laughs> oh, so true. And uh, also on the show tonight. <laughs> Actually, it's not tonight. It's today. It's weird recording during the day. Also on the show, another complete horror. He is a lifelong Star Wars fan, Evansky. Oh my God! I'm so glad we're uh, we're recording at a normal time, guys. I, I feel great today. Uh, you know what's great about that, Steve? That little intro. I think that's the album, right? That we were introduced. We say this every year to another great star. That was Mr. John Bon Jovi. That's right. His um, his, uh, his professional music recording debut. Yeah, thank you, RCD2. Star's album. That's R-G-O-V, right. Right. Uh, yes. We are we are so so blessed to celebrate the holidays with this young man. He is the captain of the Nico Rodriguez. Happy Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, everybody. Holidays time. <laughs> I, you know, as fucked up as 2020 has been, I hope that everybody's been having a good holiday season out there. You son of a bitch. And finally. By forcing bots to watch every holiday film ever made, Netflix has created their own mathematically perfect holiday film made entirely by bots. (laughs) We have. Carol, it is almost Christmas. Will you be single on Christmas? I would not do that. Dave! The gift of love is never under my tree. Under no circumstances. Will I be put in holiday jail? Yes. Should you ever speak no more crazy? And I mean, go to sleep and wake up in a relationship, or I will get even older. Ever. <laughs> grandma leaves through the grandma door. Call him. Please, Santa Claus. Give me boyfriend that becomes man husband. Santa Claus. Harry. Ho ho. She good, so I help. <laughs> Potter. This is the best Christmas to ever Christmas. All right. We got a holiday story, guys. I was like a little parable right there for us. You're like a modern-day Aesop, Greg, with your fables for the holidays. <laughs> Aesop's fables reference for the first time ever. <laughs> I got I to keep it hopping. I like to throw in things for uh, Chris, the sixth Hyvian who never comes on the show. But hey, wherever, whenever, however you are listening to us, folks, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, but most importantly, because this is a Star Wars-themed podcast, Happy Life Day to you. Mm, happy bullshit. Life Day That's to you, November. all all the Wookiees <laughs> out there. Nico, Happy Life Day, my friend. Uh, yeah, thanks, Dave. You're a month late. That's okay. <laughs> also, fuck you, Scott. It's, it's never... 
That was never, never too late. late. That's never track too piece. late for Happy Life Day. Now, uh, so, on the pre-show, uh, Nico, you said you wanted to get to 2020. Fuck you, Scotts. So I've got, be, yep, 2019 left. You've got about, uh, no, you've got about 10 to go for the year. Oh, You're oh, good. yeah, no, for sure. You, you can yeah. make that. You can make that. Easy. Uh, welcome to the show, Dave. All right, so we are, I think, uh, what, five days left now in uh, 2020? Can't come soon enough. It'll be the longest 10 years of our lives waiting for these five days to pass. Uh, there's about 24 days to the inauguration of our next president or 24 days to the coup attempt. I'm just, you know, whichever side of the election you happen to fall out Could on there. The, yeah, that'll cover, that'll cover all of you. And I think what we're going to try to do here, if I was paying attention and awake for the pre-show meeting, because it is the crack of dawn after all, we're going to do a bit of a year review show today, Steve. Is that is that what we're aiming for? Is that what the shot is here? That's the plan, Dave. That's the plan. We're All gonna right. we're gonna do a year of of Star Wars in review for the final show of 2020, the stellar year that has been 2020 here on the Wretched Hive podcast. <laughs> so I'm you captivated by Scott having a conversation that does not have to do with the podcast. Nothing to do with us at all. Fuck you, Scott. Get back to the show. I know you can say anything about him. He can't hear you. I know. This is great. No, he, uh, he, he, he can probably hear us. Well, no, he can't hear anything we say. Got headphones on. Yeah. He can't hear head. He can't hear with his headphones on. So, you know. Fuck you, Scott. <laughs> seven more. Seven more to go, Nico. You got this. You got this. Uh, all right, guys. So let's just dive in with uh, the year in review. And I guess that means I have to play the news. Why do I always lose the news clip? I always lose it for some reason. It always goes away. Well, that's news to me. Mm, it doesn't. It doesn't like well, you, Steve. Not, I don't like you oh. either. No. Uh, seriously, I cannot find it. <laughs> I'll take letits now for four hundred dollars, please, Alex. <laughs> I seriously have to create a uh, like a, a shortcut <coughs> for it or something. Oh, there it is. God damn it. All Almost right. It's hard to believe he's in the Producers Guild, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let's launch into the year in review. Star Wars style. Here we go. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News Tonight. <laughs> no, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, guys, 2020 is almost... In the rearview mirror, as Dave mentioned, five more days. But 2020 was also a pretty exciting year in the Star Wars universe. And I'm actually going to rewind us back to the end of 2019. The end of 2019, there was a quarterly call. And Bob Iger, who, of course, is the former CEO. I like enthusiasm. That's right. He did like enthusiasm of, uh, of Disney. No longer the CEO of Disney. Or is he still acting, or what's the story with that? Um, Bob I think Iger. he's done now. I think he's done. I, I think the guy that's there now is like a Muppet, and Bob Iger just has his hand jammed up that guy's butt and is making <laughs> an album. Well, in the fall of 2019, <laughs> hey ho, Kermit the Frog. Bob Iger, uh, <laughs> he mentioned that, you know, we've been going a little too fast. We've been doing a little too much, a little too fast. And he said, you can expect some slowdown. Do you remember that? Remember that? Uh, we covered that story. That was prior says, to the, the investor call, right? That was actually prior to the release of The Rise of Skywalker on December 16th. He said. Yeah. Uh, and he was talking specifically about Star Wars, though, right? He wasn't talking about Disney writ large. Oh, no. He was talking about Star Wars. Yeah. He said, you can expect some slowdown. I think we're going to be a little more careful about volume and timing. And then later in December, Iger said, uh, we made and released too many films over a short period of time. I think that there's something so special about a Star Wars film and less is more. Less is more was Bob Iger in uh, the fall of 2019. Um, shortly after that comment, The Rise of Skywalker was released on December 16th, 2019. Uh Many mixed reviews, including here on this show. So any any uh, any thoughts about, in retrospect, having gone through 2020 on the rise of Skywalker? Has, that, has, that, has your view of that movie changed at all in the last year? I, Sorry, I yeah. don't know that my, my view has changed, but I, it, 
it took me a lot of time to kind of sort through my feelings about it as a movie and the sequel trilogy as a whole writ large. And first, I think that was the last movie that I saw in theaters. I don't think I went to see a movie in January or February before everything shut down. Yeah. And uh, we went to see it together, Steve, yeah. at uh, Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And my feelings on it were decidedly mixed at the time. It took a while for me to process. And I'm kind of realizing, listening to a lot of the things that have come out afterwards, what a failing, I think, of the movie is and a failing of what the whole overarching structure of that sequel trilogy turned out to be. I had the sense going into it that the sequel trilogy was going to be about introducing us to these new characters that were going to go on and have adventures beyond this trilogy, right? Our our desire, our desire as longtime Star Wars fans is to see a continuation of the story of Han, Luke, and Leia going in. That's what we wanted out of Episode 7, 8, and 9. Probably not practical because they're getting older, as was demonstrated by the death of Carrie Fisher after The Last of uh, Jedi was filmed. So they were going to introduce these new characters that were going to kind of pick up the torch and carry it on to later stories. And then when The Rise of Skywalker was being marketed, they said, no, this is it. This is the end. And you listen to those actors, you know, Ray, Poe, Finn, they all don't have a marked desire to not go back and continue to tell stories. So for us longtime fans who wanted a continuation of Luke, Leia, and Han, we didn't get that. Right? The, the, pre, the sequel trilogy was not about the continuing adventures of Luke, Leia, and Han. That was supposed to be okay because we were going to be introduced to these new characters who were going to pick up the baton from them and run on and tell more continuing stories. And now we don't even get that. And I'm kind of left with, what was the point of the whole goddamn thing? Mm. Like, why didn't... If this was going to be the end of the Skywalker saga, if this was going to be 7, 8, 9, and we're done, then give us the continuing adventures of Luke, Leia, and Han because you don't really need to introduce us to new characters to continue on the movie franchise at that point. Yeah, and, if it wasn't, and if it was going to be, and if it wasn't going to be that, then just spend all your time with the new characters and don't give us what turned out to be, you know, very small helpings of Luke, Leia, and Han throughout this. And granted, there were things that happened that they couldn't possibly have known about, chief of which being the death of Carrie Fisher after The Last Jedi. But still, it, it leaves me with a very unsatisfying and unsatisfied you know, end result, having watched all of that. I am kind of left with, what was the point? Were these characters really necessary to tell the story that they wanted to tell if it was, if the story was to wrap up the Skywalker family saga? Sorry, Scott, I kept talking, but I'm thinking out loud more than anything else right now. I, I You know what? I didn't want to really interrupt you because you have a great point, and I wanted to hear your whole... And I, I felt bad when I jumped in, but I do have to say this because that's fantastic. That's a great, like, follow-up review after what we went through last year, but I just... Your point about that is perfect. It's what a lot of us wanted to see, but we are all being told that that's not what's going to happen. And then they failed miserably with the new content. So it almost felt like the wrap-up of Luke, Leia, and Han kind of happened right before these movies. And all we're getting is like them pulled into a, an adventure because they don't really want to. Like it, That's what it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Many times we... Han shows up and Han's gone. Then we got Luke that barely shows up and then he's a grouchy old hermit somewhere. And Leia's kind of the only one holding it together and honestly, not the best. And then we lose her literally in real life. So I don't know. I I love your assessment of it. I think it's perfect. And I admit, I think they would have made very different story choices if they'd known you know, if they, if they had the clairvoyance, no, Carrie Fisher was going to pass away. I think they would have made very different story choices and not have taken Luke and Han off the board in episodes seven and eight. And then leaving them with nobody really to work with in episode nine from the original cast. Except 3PO, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas in the Stars 2 coming in Christmas in the Stars 2. <laughs> but I, that, that, that stuff all kind of crystallized for me after watching the last episode of The Mandalorian. And I know I'm kind of jumping ahead on you here, Steve, but just to That's explain how it, all, how it all kind of clicked finally for me is watching the, the cameo at the end with uh, you know, a young Luke Skywalker, you know, five years after Return of the Jedi. It kind of drove home for me like, oh, my God, that moment we got to see. Even if that's all we ever get, we got to see a live action Luke Skywalker in action being totally kick ass one last time. 
if that's right. all we ever get. And I'm like, that's really what we were looking for out of the last out of the sequel yeah. trilogy. And yes, we got some we got some really fun stuff. And Scott, I know you didn't like The Last Jedi, but I sat next to you and you watched it. And I know that bit in The Last Jedi where Luke walks out to face down the entirety of Kylo Ren's army. Like you were you were out of your chair excited in that in that moment. It was good. But then oh, the aftertaste of it is not what is not what worked for you. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think I've even pointed out it's more than just those moments. There are great moments throughout that entire movie that just stand out in the trilogy. Um, I want to jump back on something you said, Dave, um, because it's it's a really awesome idea or concept. We got to see and, and I know you're saying don't jump ahead because Steve's going to cover the Mandalorian stuff. But what we do see in the Mandalorian, we got a glimpse of in Rise of Skywalker and those tiny little moments of, of a young CG Luke with uh, Leia being trained. I thought that was one of the more fun moments in that film. And it didn't look bad. I know the trick is, you know, film stuff at night with CG, it, it makes it a little bit more realistic, but it really felt like that, that's a moment out of all the Legends books that we kind of got a glimpse of. And, and, and it was the direction I think they should have went, maybe not full CG, but at least telling some of those stories and bringing it back into canon, even if they rearrange it. I think that that's what made me kind of happy to see in Rise of Skywalker, uh, along with a few other things. But, you know, certainly what, what they've done now and advanced into our television side of Star Wars. So, yeah, I, I also have to mention and I agree with uh, with both of you, actually. Um, and, and we'll add that, you know, off screen, we also had major Star Wars actors uh, <coughs> really just like. Dissing the movies like Mark Hamill flat out saying that I don't I can't remember if this is 2020 or 2019, but he said that that's not my Luke Skywalker. Um, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, both openly lamenting the fact that they were involved with the projects and how how rough they were and um, how unsatisfying they were. They didn't want to continue. It, it it was a little bit rough. The 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 sequel trilogy really split fandom in many ways. Um, although there was there is a lot to love. Yeah, uh, I, I love The Force Awakens, and I'm maybe in the minority, but I loved The Last Jedi. But if I look at what that the overall arc of those three movies were, I have to say it, it's disappointing. And of the three, I would put the sequel trilogy on the bottom. I'd put the original trilogy first, the prequel trilogy second, and the sequel yeah. trilogy last. Yeah, agreed. So what's interesting about, in retrospect, looking at Iger's comments about, you know, a, a little too much too fast, um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, you, <laughs> but, but, but here are 10 Disney Plus shows, kids, here you go. Right. Well, <laughs> well but look back. 2020 slowed down is, you know, 2021 and beyond that are going to well, pick up. So I think so. And you can look back and say, well, he was speaking about the films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything else, right? Because he's totally you, reactive, Steve. He's totally reacting to, I think, the way that you could see the box office returns and the reviews for each yeah. of the, the the sequel. Well, actually, not Force Awakens got pretty good reviews, right? Decent ones. Great so I think ones. it's Last Jedi and and, and um, Rise of Skywalker. Right, and and he's trying to he's trying to appease shareholders, right? It's an investor call, right? So, but when we look at the next film release, now that that now we know. Rogue Squadron, uh, Patty Jenkins movie. By the way, did you guys see the the trailer of her talking about why she's making Rogue Squadron? That her, yeah. about talking about her dad being a fighter pilot, lost his life in service to the country, and she's always wanted to make the best fighter pilot movie she could, but didn't have the platform. And now she's got the platform with with Star Wars. That was really cool. Yeah, but as that long as she doesn't get the CGI team that did the cheetah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but, but that movie is scheduled for 2023. So in so that will be four years in between. So 2019 release Rise of Skywalker, 2023 Rogue Squadron. That'll be four years in between two Star Wars movies. Uh, Disney released five Star Wars properties in four years between 2015 and 2019 with episode seven, eight, nine solo and rogue one. So that, that's quite a, that's that I, I looking back at, at Iger's comments, I think that's he clearly, he was referring to the film, the film uh, releases for star Wars. Yeah. They were on a schedule to make a star Wars movie a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So early, let's get get back to the timeline, guys. Early into at following his comments and the release of the Rise of Skywalker, we had in early 2020 the Clone War season seven, which I, I think that we uh, universally enjoyed on this show. Featured the final journey of Ahsoka, uh, Ahsoka Tano, her confrontation with Dark Darth Maul, um, how she escaped Episode 66, that amazing scene at, at the end with Vader finding Ahsoka's lightsaber um, on that snowy moon. I still don't know how we all survived Episode 66. I mean, Order 66. <laughs> Did I say Episode 66? I'm just messing um, with you, man. Sorry, sorry, man. It's crack of dawn. Um, we gotta, we gotta move on. <laughs> we gotta wake up. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a lot of movies. Um, so, you know, the Clone Wars Season 7 in the beginning to launch 2020 was a great way to start the summer, or to start the... Um, the year and then in the summer we had like little to no content at all there was we had a few concept pieces leaked and some rumors and we really had to wait until the fall for mandalorian season two and and in fairness that wasn't related specifically to star wars right i mean the pandemic shut most of pop culture down for a good 90 to 120 days there and it, it 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 also caused a shift, I think, or accelerated a shift in in thinking that we start to see played out then in the, la- the later half of the year, the latter half of the year, in terms of what that pop culture content is going to be going forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I also want to add something in. You start off with Rise of Skywalker, Steve, and, and Bob Iger talking about this. But let's not forget that we just finished up what would eventually become the new Star Wars, and that's the first season of Mandalorian which was already showing massive signs of popularity. And obviously with the baby Yoda thing, the craze that went on. Um, and then right after that, we had galleries galleries was what eight episodes of them talking wow. about every episode going through the Mandalorian. And that was a fantastic move on their part because it really got to show you what goes into this, the, not just the, the sets and the, and the creative side of it, but you, I mean, or the technical side of it, but you get to see the creative element with all the people involved and, and certainly Filoni and Favreau, which made them mega stars to me. I mean, I already knew their names because we're star Wars fans we're pop culture fans, but it took what Iger said at that, that uh, meeting or whatever. And then the, the mm-hmm. kind of the failure of rise of Skywalker and moved it past it real quick. <clears throat> right. That's a great point. And remember uh, when did, when did Mandalorian, uh, debut that must have been like uh, October of 19 right okay it, yeah I think it was right around Halloween wasn't it it was, right, it was, the, it was the launch of Disney plus yeah it was the launch the of Disney yeah, plus so, day that the service launched so that's that's uh, it, literally weeks after Iger said okay we're going to be slowing down Mandalorian's a huge hit and great point Scott with the galleries also which season two of Star Wars Gallery has now debuted. I have not watched it yet, but I noticed wow. it dropped just a couple days ago. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So chapter one of The Mandalorian dropped on November twelfth, twenty nineteen. Yep. The launch okay. of Disney Plus. Got it. That's right. Wow. Um I think Disney Plus is up to like ninety million subscribers now too, or eighty seven million or something like that. Some yeah, I think they hit their twenty twenty three subscriber number at this point on their initial <laughs> on their initial projections. Right. Uh, so yeah, Mandalorian, huge hit, of course. And then season two comes along with just huge anticipation. Uh, and really, uh, you know, we were joking about, you know, having something to watch in during the revolution, um, really the bright spot, uh, for the fall for me, uh, certainly was, was Mandalorian season two. We learned baby Yoda's name. Uh, we had Bo-Katan and, and, you know, history of, around Mandalore. We've got Ahsoka. We got Boba Fett. We got Dark Troopers. We got Luke Skywalker back. I mean, what a huge season this was for the Mandalorian. Yeah. See, crazy. Um, and then we got the big announcement in December. Ten, roughly, new Star Wars series that are going to debut directly to Disney plus over the next few years. Uh, and we, we, we really didn't dig too deep into a lot of these shows. So I just wanted to run down the timeline a little bit. Um, we've got bad batch 
and Visions premiering in the next year. Those are both <laughs> animated shows. Yep. Both in 2021. We've got the third season of The Mandalorian in 2021. Although, Well, that is updated on that one. That mm-hmm. is going to be after Boba Fett. So probably not until okay. 2022. Oh. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah, it depends on how long Boba Fett's book one of Boba Fett is and when they launch book one of Boba Fett. And I heard the, the, okay. the rumor I heard on Boba Fett was that's only going to be like four, maybe five episodes, a very shortened season. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. So like a, a mini series almost. Yeah. Almost yeah. like Obi-Wan. So does that push Mandalorian back to like a Christmas time release, maybe? Uh, well, they've they've set December 2021 for Boba Fett. So I would think oh. Mandalorian is going to be okay. in January. And that's not uh, officially announced, but it makes it's sense. Not. It's not. But okay. everything that's led up to this point, even during this conversation, is Mandalorian also has a December 2021 release on schedule unofficially so i think what greg's saying and i agree with this is they're going to debut the boba fett series and then it will follow it like you said uh they just haven't officially announced that so if that's the case it'll probably debut like wandavision in january of the following year got it okay and then you've got kenobi who which is beginning to film in march so that's probably a 2022 or possibly late 2021 release. Probably 2022, I'm guessing. If they're just think, starting I in March. I think the following year. Yeah, I think they get yeah. a full year of post-production. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, oh, and uh, by the way, have to do a shout out to Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader. I mean, that's just crazy. Yeah. How is that going to work? Can't wait to see how that comes comes across i mean i imagine he's gonna be he's obviously gonna be behind the mask the whole i mean so well they're just gonna use that de-aging technology on him to make him look the same as he did during uh revenge of the sith oh wait you're right he does have the mask never mind (laughs) yeah i I think i think it's gonna work i I think the filming is very similar to mandalorian you know you have a lot of stunt double work because it's the guy behind the mask you never have to see him then they'll they'll trot him out for you know he'll do a lot of voiceover work and they'll and well I don't even know if he'll do voiceover because that's supposed to be James Earl Jones's voice. Right. Is it, have they announced James Earl Jones as part of the cast for this? They have, they have to. not. And but maybe you get a lot of back to tank, you know, action going. Maybe. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's my feeling is they're going to do like a Mandalorian every once in a while. You'll see him without the mask and they'll just have them all scarred up and everything. Or flashbacks. Could they potentially do flashbacks and film additional scenes of, you know, pre episode three? Have a hot tub. I want That'd to see be fine. <laughs> Looking at old Stumpy just floating along there. <laughs> He's got one of those like uh, what are they? The endless pools or whatever the Horizon the Line pools. pools. It's just, it's just infinity pools. Just, infinity just pools. staring at him. What do you call a guy with no, no arms and no legs sitting in a hot tub? Bob. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Scott. Uh, <laughs> that's the show I want. <laughs> six <laughs> more, Nico. Sticks yeah, him up that's... on the wall. Hey, Anakin, what do you call it? <laughs> <laughs> on the wall. Art. <laughs> uh, this become got... robot chicken? Is that what this is? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Andor. So the series Andor started shooting last month. The Cassie and Andor series, uh, which is set to debut in 2022, and then Rogue Squadron. The film in 2023. So, did you talk about the acolyte? Did I miss that? Oh no, the acolyte yeah. is. When is that slated for? And, and I, I don't think we have a date yet on that one. Do we? I don't either. That's from the creator that did the uh, Russian Doll series for Netflix. But, but Dave, that's... we forgot one more. That's Steve's favorite show coming out from Disney Plus. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, the droids, yeah, droid story. Come on. Yeah, I skipped over that. Well, so so that one apparently is like a new droid that's being guided by three PO and R two on some adventure. So... Oh, Steve's already got a bookmarked on his Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> is that live action? Yeah, he's coming I back, know. right? Shut I think up. it's animated. Is it? Oh. oh. All right. It, it, by the way, Steve, did you catch the uh, C-3PO Easter egg that was in the last episode of The Mandalorian? 
Yes, that was great. Remind me, it's been it's been a couple of weeks since I've seen it. What, what, when when he walked by a droid on the Imperial cruiser, the droid was silver but had a gold leg below the knee. Oh, yep. I missed <clears> that. Which uh. which you know, C three PO of course in the original A New Hope had a silver leg below the knee. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm, can't wait for that one. It sounds <laughs> just phenomenal. Um. There's well, four... I'm excited about the acolyte, though. I mean, I want to I want to oh, jump back. Oh, yeah, on that, let's jump back on that. Yeah, that is that is presumed to be a story about the Sith and a Sith apprentice and a Sith master. One hundred to three hundred years before the original trilogy. Yeah, so we're, talking, we're talking Old Republic esque timeline, yeah. right? And and after the High Republic timeline that they're launching in all the ancillary media here in the next couple weeks. Right. But Greg, I thought this show, I've been thinking of you ever since they announced this show. This is like right up your alley. You could get Darth Plagueis in this series. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome if they're just like, that's Plagueis, you fucks. Like, we will, never, we will never be able to deal with Greg Lent on this show again if, it's, if they pronounce it Darth Plagueis in canon. I gotta say, it's, it was great hearing Greg's voice right there. Just go full Kevin Smith right there. That was great. <laughs> Oh, so, so it seems like they're also focusing on, you know, characters that that um, we love already or at least we are familiar with. Right. So we've got a, a we've got a Lando series. We've got Ahsoka. We've got Kenobi, uh, Cassie and Andor, less known, but obviously from a very popular film. Um, so I thought that was interesting. I wonder if we're going to get we're, how many new characters. Oh, we got the Ranger show. What if, what, if the, what if the Lando show is just like into into the Lando verse, and they they not they have Billy D. Williams, they have Donald Glover, and they start bringing in other actors to play varying <laughs> incarnations of Lando Calrissian along the timeline as well. Well, I mean, you the remember they made they made the young Indiana Jones Chronicles many 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 years ago. It was a TV show on ABC, and they did happen to score Harrison Ford to record bumpers for one of those episodes where he's like old Indy sitting in a rocking chair. Then they told a story, you know, that took up you know forty five <laughs> minutes of the show, and so it was literally two minutes in the beginning and two minutes at the end hyping Harrison Ford and that's all the screen time he got was about four minutes of sitting in a rocking chair. Are you isn't, I, I have not seen this. I gotta yeah, look no, yeah. that isn't, isn't that also gonna be the plot of Indiana Jones five uh, <laughs> coming from James Mangold in a couple years? <laughs> all of the movies do that. Oh sorry. I, there you go. Good. Um all right. So the small screen is definitely in huge play for the next few years with Star Wars. And uh, it's going to be a while until we see Star Wars on the big screen again. 2023, Steve, and one theatrical release. Right. But then we've got, we've also got series that have been bounced around from uh, a trilogy from Ryan Johnson. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Taika Waititi's film. The movie. The movie, yep. Uh, Of course, Patty Jenkins is doing uh, Rogue Squadron. So there, there are theatrical releases in the works. It's just it's going to be a while. It's going to be a little yeah. while. And, and yep. Steve, you missed one of the spinoffs, right? Did you? I didn't hear you say that about the what the Republic Rangers or whatever. The, oh yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's a spinoff from Mandalorian. Oh, that's the other thing, right? So Mandalorian, with the popular of the Mandalorian, the popularity of the Mandalorian, seems like that has become like the center of the Star Wars universe. There's yeah. so many like you know branches growing. Right. So I, I know this is a year in review show, but I do want to point this out that one of the things I, I picked up on was when we got the mention of Thrawn. I think I'm going to still hold this true for going into 2021 that we're going to see some sort of event that's going to have or mimic or reflect heir to the Empire in this sort of, you know, Favreau, Filoni way, but crosses over these okay. series. I think there's a possibility or potential to do this, bringing Thrawn into it. Yeah, so, and maybe even doing some follow-up from Rebels just to see where we kind of end up. So this is going to be a normal show. It's not a normal show. I, I, I was like, is Nico talking to us? <laughs> Nico's I muted talking to you. Oh. Like, I muted you, muted, Nico. Nico. Sorry. <laughs> Unmute yourself. <laughs> uh, 
That was not me, Nico. Sorry, Scott. Finish your point. <laughs> Uh, no, I just think uh, it would be a great way of doing this little spin-off thing. And since they mentioned Thrawn, who is the big bad, um, what a great way to do a crossover event where you could literally merge the two storylines together. Get Bring in what's happened with Ezra and bring in that ending, that finale with Ahsoka and everything. And then also have this moment where you do get bits and pieces of the Heir to the Empire storyline. So, Love it. I love that. You know, and, and just lastly, uh, you know, a year ago when the Mandalorian uh, wrapped season one and we were, you know, so excited for that show and there was just so much, it just really took over pop culture. We were talking about this on this show about how we need Star Wars needs a showrunner and what a better candidate uh, to to fill that role than Dave Filoni. Yeah, they're lobbying for him. And it really seems like that's sort of come to fruition, at least with Favreau and Filoni uh, together leading the ship. I would rather see Favreau. Nothing against Mr. Filoni, but I would rather see Favreau. Why is that? <laughs> what, what, why do you say that, uh, Dave? I, I think Favreau has a, a more proven track record across the multiple mediums. Mm-hmm. I think Favreau has demonstrated that he can do the big budget movie as well yep. as the continuing TV show. Favreau has demonstrated a a remarkable knowledge of Star Wars lore and the the heart and soul of Star Wars, uh, with a particular skill set towards the animated stuff. You mean that flip flop, right? Filoni has the heart and soul of it. Yeah, Filoni has yeah. has heart yeah. and soul. Okay. He yeah. definitely does. But he has demonstrated a lot of talent on the animated side, not with the whole spectrum of what Star Wars would have to be. If you're being a true a true showrunner for the whole of the franchise. I would rather hand the keys over to somebody who has experience and success in all of those areas that we're looking for. Well, with the two of them working together, I think you get the both best of both worlds there. One hundred percent agree with that. What an amazing team. Yeah. By the way, have who has seen the new galleries yet? Has everyone Oh Steve, you said you didn't. All right. No. I, I, I watched it yesterday, so there there is a moment on there that each one of us probably has associated with them. If you've collected action figures, mm. it was, I, I have a whole yeah. new, like I've respected Robert Rodriguez a hundred percent, but my God, when you see what he did in this, I was, I was flipping out. I'm like, each one of us has probably done this with like a handheld v, uh, v, uh, VHS recorder or high eight recorder, but he used action figures as previs. For uh, the Boba Fett sequence, which was fucking awesome. Uh, I can't wait to see that. That's cool. Did you yeah. see the Instagram clip of him uh, jamming on guitar with Baby Yoda? Somebody, one of the puppeteers, uh, <laughs> using uh, dancing yeah, Baby that, Yoda that, behind that's him. That's a screen what? clip from ga- from galleries. So. From galleries, oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. Seen oh, that yes. clip? That's that whole scene is expanded upon in galleries. So. <laughs> oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah check that out later to this weekend for sure very cool very cool all right guys um that's my year in review and uh lots to look forward to in the star wars universe in the coming year uh you know we might have had a rough 2020 in many ways but star wars is alive and well and uh really glad for for favreau and filoni to be leading the ship into 2021 and beyond uh, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the new Wonder Woman movie. Greg, you you saw the film. Uh, a low uh, low viewership here on the show, so watch your spoilers. But uh, <laughs> what do you think of uh, a high-level review, Greg? Yeah, so I think Wonder I'm Woman the only one who spent my Christmas Day watching TV yesterday. We had, obviously, nobody coming over, nobody... Uh, uh, Nico was with us in the morning, and and he took off uh, late morning to go spend time with uh, his uh, lovely bride's family in there, and and so it was just the, the 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 nuclear family here at the house. It was so I got a chance to see Wonder Woman, got a chance to see Soul. I watched the the Mandalorian Gallery is what I watched. So lots of TV watching for me yesterday yesterday afternoon. Taking it easy, kicking my feet up. Um, so Wonder Woman eighty four. I kind of looking forward to this one for a while. I really enjoy the first Wonder Woman uh, uh, directed by Patty Jenkins who returns for this one. Um, you see all the familiar characters come back. You you don't get the crazy massive CGI ending of the first one. So I was 
account that as a somewhat improvement. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a little bloated, guys. I, I've been rated on a uh, scale of 10, I would probably call it a 6. And I, I think it was just a middling. You guys can hey, Greg, me? speak speak into your mic, Greg. Speak directly. You guys can hear me? Have no, you're, coming, you're kind of coming in and out. You're well, a little choppy there, buddy. Maybe it's the uh, HBO Max police coming to get me. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiling reviews for their show. Uh, I'd rate it a 6 out of 10, guys. It was just really kind of average. Out of 10. I will give props to the, the new characters who are in there. Pedro Pascal is Maxwell Lord. Uh, and Kristen Wiig is uh, Barbara Minerva as the Cheetah. And uh, both of them get very strong villain performances. Uh, just enough over the top where you, you buy it. But for, as far as the returning characters in the story, I just thought it was a little, a little slow, a little average, just a little pedestrian. Wasn't super impressed. Rated a six. If I'm going to say watch something, I'd say watch the gallery first and then uh, watch Soul. Soul was very enjoyable. If you like your Pixar movies, go and watch Soul. Excellent. My kid Aaron um, mentioned that he really enjoyed Soul. And he, he highly recommended it to the family. So yeah. I'm going to be watching that today. Uh, I give that one an eight. Uh, and then Wonder Woman a six. All right. Just slightly and, above that. And I think I, I said this on the pre-show, but look at how much our society has changed, right? Because 12 months ago, we were talking about holiday releases, holiday film releases, all being in theaters, chief among them the rise of Skywalker. And here we are in a, a COVID world. And the big holiday releases, Soul and Wonder Woman, yeah, they may be in theaters, but they're on the streaming platform either by themselves in the case of Soul or simultaneously in the case of Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, and I think with the limited theaters that are open throughout the country, I think the majority of viewers are going to come from the streaming platform, much to uh, Christopher Nolan, Nolan's chagrin, apparently. And not to totally derail this, but I think some of his chagrin, I mean, some of it comes from the just I'm Christopher Nolan and I designed these things for films and I 100% get that. But I think some of it also comes from all the compensation structure is geared around these things are first run to theaters. So when you take that away, you severely mess with what the compensation structure is for all the people who participated in doing it. So you're you're seeing from what I've been reading, uh, Marvel is working on restructuring contracts so that on future Marvel projects, if they go streaming first, <clears throat> there is still there is still a money flow for everybody to make up for this. But that's where part of the pushback is coming from Warner Brothers saying, hey, we're just going to you know put everything on the streaming platform as well. You know, that's yeah. interesting. And I hadn't read or really heard anything. I mean, obviously it makes sense, but is a lot of that compensation structure actually tied into, and I'm using air quotes, Box office results is that really what it's not about advertising that they sell, you know, because obviously there's companies that fund that money through advertising and whatnot and theaters. Well, the theaters aren't paying for it because there is no box office here. But is that where the bulk of the the money comes from is what is determined a box office result for the union contracts that come through? There's no contingency plan in case something like this happens. I don't believe there's ever been a contingency plan for if something like this happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would and, I would say yes to Greg's thing, because Dave, I know you got a lot of insight on this, but um, for movies like this, like a Wonder Woman or Tenet or something, I think it has a lot to do with the bulk of it, because you, you make 100, 200, or $500 million, that's going to go back into it, right? That's that's where they see their returns coming from. Advertisements, advertisements. Mm-hmm. And we'll put box office results also in quotes there, Greg, because I think we all know that what the box office says a movie makes is never what the studio says a movie has actually done for the studio. Exactly. Hollywood accounting is people, legendary. Forrest yeah, Gump pe- supposedly who, didn't make money. <laughs> pe- people who have their compensation tied to the profitability of a movie are tied up in, it seems like, an endless litigation. You know, these movies never make money as far as Hollywood's concerned. Yeah. But by the same token, I know Tom Hanks gave up a lot of a lot of stuff to get Forrest Gump done for a compensation on the back end. And Forrest Gump supposedly didn't make money, according to Hollywood accounting. But uh, after he did Forrest Gump, he had a lot of money to launch his own production company and start doing his own thing. So it's not that I get why people are frustrated 
once that was brought to light. Like, oh yeah, there there are a lot of people who depend on their livelihood and plan around the idea of we're getting something. Maybe it's not even what we deserve or what we should get, but we know we're going to get something. And now Hollywood is changing the the accounting on us once again, and suddenly that something goes to zero. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I wound up totally hijacking it, and I didn't mean to. Sorry about that, guys. No, I think oh, all these are, are, are conversations that we all want to have. Um, so, yeah. Well, and I think it's relevant given that um, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, and and although we're here to celebrate the end of the year, you know, a lot of a lot of folks are out of work and um, sick in the hospital, and there's there's a lot of um, there's many challenges surrounding COVID that have yet to be overcome, and this is this is just a, a small piece of the COVID puzzle here um, with the entertainment industry. Um, and it's 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 also you know driving this shift towards the small screen. I mean, exactly what what is happening with our favorite franchise here? It's really shifting to away from theaters. And I mean, I would have argued before that really Star Wars is driven by the movies. And forget about all the other ancillary you know methods of storytelling. Mm-hmm. The theaters were or the movies were the center of Star Wars. No more. It's completely changed now. Yeah, changed. You guys, you guys brought up a great point because I don't. And Greg, you said you watch movies uh, all day yesterday. I've had a tradition my entire life, as far as I can remember, is going to a movie theater on Christmas Day. After all the festivity stuff is done, we pick one movie as like an event movie and go see it. In this case, it would have been Wonder Woman, and we're not doing that this year. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of empty feeling. And it it makes a little bit of sense though too, because we always call it the small screen because historically TVs. You know, for for us, maybe not for Nico, because Nico's in a different generation than us. But TVs were a small a small box. I mean, if you had a thirty a thirty six or forty inch TV, I mean, you were li- living life very very large for most of our our adult lifetimes. And now I have this, you know, beautiful what sixty five seventy inch four K flat screen mm-hmm. HDR TV in my house, and it's you know, it's not that much smaller than a you know 100 seat theater anymore <laughs> that you get in, <laughs> right. you know in some of these multiplexes so why you know yes it's the small screen but it's not the small screen that we're used to i mean we all have virtually a home theater or the capability to have a home theater in our homes nowadays yeah he's not muted he's not muted though oh that's weird oh that's true um, well, well, I'll jump Scott, in. I'll help you out. Skype is really speaking all of our ass. Scott, fuck you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Tell it. Three. He only needs two more to meet the quota for the year. Um, yeah, I was. we were making a joke about this. Uh, yeah. One I'm more. just going to roll with it. One I'll more. wait. I'll, we got two more. That's cool. Um, I, yeah, I was cracking a joke about this. Uh, and, and this is going to just really show my, my age here. But I when I was working at Tower Records back in 1991... A uh, group of us went to go see, God, what was it? Madonna's Truth or Dare up at Beverly Center. Up at, yeah, wow. yeah. I know. I'm pulling a weird one here, but just trust me on this. We got stuck in what I always call, they, who knows pop culture really well, like uh, Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. Sure. Yeah. Okay. At the end sequence, there's a chase sequence that happens inside of a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And they walk into this one theater, which is literally the janitor's closet and a tiny little screen. That was the size of the theater we saw Truth or Dare in. And I'm like, oh, my God, my TV is bigger than the theater I saw this movie in in 91. It's just it kills me. But, you know, Dave's to Dave's to coffee hasn't kicked in to Dave's point. um, We do have these kind of little mini mega theaters at our houses. And I don't go out as much as I used to. I used to see three movies on a weekend. So. I, I just want to pause for a minute to just revel in the fact that when Scott was like, who here really knows Bachelor Party? Steve was the first one to raise his hand. Yeah, that, that was weird. I was, I, I, I can, I'm guessing people would have put Steve in the number the number three spot on ranking who would <laughs> who would go first there on that question with either myself or Greg in the one or two. Tom yeah. Hanks, Adrian Samed, and Tawny Katane. That's why Steve <laughs> piped up because it's a young Tawny Katane, is what it is. Tawny Katane, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great. That's a funny movie, man. That that, that, that is that, 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 that is a movie teenage that is, movies. Yeah, it's a great example of a, a teenage movie from the eighties. 
because no yeah. teenager would have been able to see it because it was clearly R-rated. Oh, yeah. But it's a great example of a teenage movie, and, and I think it really had a strong afterlife in videotape rentals, and I'll just and, leave it at that. And yeah, but honestly, I mean, that's what's really amazing about this show is the, the amount of knowledge that I think each one of us brings here. That's some crazy deep references right there. The chase <laughs> sequence in Bachelor Party. <laughs> Well, the one thing I remember about that movie is they're, as they're driving away the very last scene, his friends are yelling, lay that pipe. That's the one thing. <laughs> Jam it home. There we go. Oh, uh, with so, that, that's perfect. So one of my favorite it, it, scenes is when on. Tom Hanks says to the male stripper, do I call you Nick or best of Dick? <laughs> I th- thought it was great when they opened the Eiffel Tower, but this, this. <laughs> Nico, uh, is your sound fixed? No. Oh, man. No. No. Fuck you, Scott. Fuck you, Scott. There, I got you. I got you. Oh, Oh, you're two over quota there. Yeah. Oh, that's four fuck you, Scott's just now. (laughs) Uh, Guys, 2020 has been a a very challenging year on many fronts, but uh, I will will conclude with that. The force is strong with Star Wars and it's going to continue to be strong with Star Wars. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to be able to do this show with you guys every couple of weeks. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a good year. We're uh, wrapping up year number five. We're going to have our fifth year anniversary here in a, in a few episodes in February. Speaking of timeless pints, right? Timeless pints. We're all getting together. (laughs) Too soon. Too soon, bro. Too soon. That's so not cool. <laughs> uh, that's right. Timeless Pints is, uh, has been sold and it's moving on to a new owner. But who, maybe it was, it was actually timed pints now that we think about it. <laughs> They're going to have pizza from what I hear. We'll see. Uh, guys, episode 175 of the show is in the books. Final thoughts for this week, guys. Oh, man. Another fuck you, Scott, from Nico. We we made it through 2020, and we're going to slog through 2021. But plenty of TV shows to watch, I guess. Yeah. Uh, You said you spent yesterday watching uh, TV all day, watching Star Wars. I watched watched Elf. I watched Die Hard. Oh, Christmas movies on Christmas. Yeah, I went with Christmas movies, yep. And we started uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, but did not finish it. Yeah, you need Lethal Weapon, Gremlins, and Scrooged. Ooh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. We watched Scrooged. Nobody with It's a Wonderful Life. That's not even it. It's a little on the nose, Greg, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How about White Christmas? Ding Frozen. Come on, Scrooge. My favorite. Bitch hit me with a toaster. Come on. (laughs) That is so amazing. (laughs) Yes, we'll stay online for a few minutes, Nico. Guys, have a wonderful new year. May the force be with all of us in 2021. Take care. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Hey, keep wearing those masks, people. Penis sores. <laughs> yes. If you have a penis sore, put a mask on. Seriously. <laughs>